Streaming live from the DT Studios, this is Daily Turismo Radio, powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, Editor-in-Chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, and co-founder, Chris Florin. Hello, motorheads, and welcome to the Daily Turismo Radio Show, broadcasting live on TalkRadio1.com from our studio in scenic Gardena, California. Coming up on today's Festival of Cars, Comedy, and Culture, we've got a guest joining us in the studio. We will talk about turbochargers, cars, and crashing on tracks. It's a really, really good show. You guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, But before I get too far ahead of myself, uh, let me introduce some of the other lemonheads in the studio today. First off, I've got Substitute Seaflow. Seaflow is on sabbatical, meditating with monks or monkeys. I'm not sure I don't listen to anything that other people say when they give me these details. Uh, former DT guest Dan, thanks for thanks for coming in and filling in. Hello. <laughs> Actually, Dan, the, the correct response is "What up?" What this up? is always the correct response. <laughs> Dan drove here today on a two-stroke powered unicycle, and then over there somewhere <laughs> behind a row of switches and buttons is producer Ben, who used to shave his legs but doesn't anymore, and Ray can different. use Ray any of the hot. restrooms at Target. Thank you. And finally, we have a special guest joining us in the studio. He is a former turbocharger engineer, a team member of the infamous Eyesore Racing, a lover of Oldsmobile Cutlass Supremes, and a writer, journalist, editor, Jason Cavanaugh. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vince. It's great to be here. The best part, though, really, is no one knows what you're wearing. This is this is true, yes, and we don't talk. And, about and what that. Are, and what are you wearing? This, this, we, let's let's talk about what you're wearing, Vince. <laughs> we, we're not we're not going to talk about that. Um, it's a banana sling underwear this and is, a ski mask. There's a lot of fruit involved, <laughs> and it's sort of like a Carmen Miranda thing for your head, but not for your head. It's like the most terrifying luchador you've ever seen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to actually take a picture of that and put it up on the Instagram pretty soon here. Uh, so, Jason, first question. Um, Tell our listeners about the first time you ever um, ever drove in a rally. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually, I co-drove, which means you don't drive. You sort of watch. You watch from the passenger seat. First and person. the only thing you watch is your notes. Oh. And, and that's a problem, it turns out. Well, could, you, could you not read your own handwriting? <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is, and I anticipated this going in, uh, is, the, is the problem of motion sickness, right? Every co-driver in a rally has has to deal with this in one way or the other. So I thought I could deal with it because I took the right thing. And the right thing is this powerful anti-motion sickness drug. They call it <laughs> scopolamine. And yeah. when I say powerful, it, it basically means it's the wrong thing you want to take if you want to co-drive a rally because it blurs your vision and it dries out your mouth, both of which you need those things in order to co-drive a rally. you got to talk to your driver. you got to see what you're see looking at, right? Yeah. So, and I also didn't really eat or drink ahead of time. Because it's probably I was ter- fine I was, for, like, fishing trips, right? You don't need to see well if you're fishing and trying to get hooks out of sharks' mouths. I, I, I wouldn't know. I never. Maybe I need to look into that. I'm just saying that, that you know, these anti-like motion sickness drugs are designed for, like, airplane travel and, and like, boats, right? They're not designed for, for rally co-driving. Apparently not, because it gave <laughs> it gave me a whole lot of trouble, and I ended up on the first stage, uh, wearing, mind you, a closed-faced helmet, uh, getting very sick, Ooh. and you know you have a mic in your helmet, yeah. and uh, so that your driver can listen to you vomit into his ear. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well at all. I got out at the first service. You were done. I got out, and I'm like, find someone else. This is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever done. It was it was awful. Couldn't see. 
I couldn't that, think. Who, who, who was couldn't your talk. Who was, who was your driver? It was a guy named uh, Kevin Crack, hmm. and uh, we were driving a Saturn, and um, and I was so messed up in the head after I got out of the car, uh, and I had vomited in a closed face helmet. It, basically, the vomit goes up and down. So it went Ooh. up into my glasses, <laughs> right? So I have vomit all over the inside of my glasses, and uh, I got to clean them off, right? But I'm so messed up in the head because of the scopolamine. Uh, I cleaned them, and I, and I put them down somewhere to, to dry, and it turns out I put them behind the tire of a car that drove over. Oh, no. oh. And then it's like, yeah, you don't have it's glasses. dark, I can't see, and I don't have my glasses. Were you in Mexico or something at least? Or? I forget where I was, man. I was on scopolamine. <laughs> I felt strong. <laughs> You know, you know, Dan over there. It was just a train wreck. Dan would be a fantastic rally co-driver, yeah. Because Dan will get like motion sick, like like sitting in a chair sometimes. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I've had my own bouts with uh, motion sickness in race cars as well. Often, While you were driving. Uh, well, no, uh, the first time was actually got into the seat after the previous driver had experienced some trouble. Ooh. Um, so yeah, warm and moist belts and seat and squishy dashboard and all of that. Uh, it was That's unpleasant. But how did it go for you, aside from being squished? I managed. I, I, I choked some down, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so, so let's let's change the subject, because this is kind of a kind of a, a disturbing... Wait, wait. I, I want to know <laughs> who the driver was before you, Dan. <laughs> who, who was the guy was who left it all Was this a previous guest on the DT radio show, or no? No, no, uh, no. This was Chris, a, a metronome driver, not Chris Seaflow. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right, so so let's let's get off the 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 vomit subject. Are, are let's you talk sure? About... Is, is there any other drivers we can throw under the bus real quick and talk about <laughs> how they either made us sick or? Well, actually, I want to talk about something that is also sickening. Is the the car that uh, that Jason that you have parked out front today? That was a good segue, <laughs> by the way. What, really good segue. What is just so our listeners can can also experience this sense of ill? What what, what is the what is the car? It's some sort of uh, Toyota out there. Yeah, it's called a uh, Mirai. It's a Toyota Mirai. It's a fuel cell car. Have you have you seen this? I mean, aside I from saw it on the on the way in, and it sort of looked like a sort of a hideous 2016 redesign of a Pontiac Aztec, maybe. It kind of triggers the gag reflex. Mm. It yeah. was just the ugliest car I think I've ever seen. Like this, you know, in, in this month. Well, Toyota just... seems to be excelling at that lately. I mean, you look <laughs> at the Mirai, which is supposed to be their car of the future, and then you look at the new Prius, and it's like they're going out of the way, out of their way to make the cars look as just offensive as possible. Well, like the future, I realize that the Predator is sort of from the future, right, from the movies. And so I think that's what Toyota's saying is, that, mm. well, the future, like people are going to look like Predators, so their cars need to look like Predators. And I think it looks like concept cars from like the late 90s, right, when they oh. thought the more angles, the better. And so they basically just throw all these angry angles and and faces at the cars and and comes out looking like that thing out front. I mean, just hire like an Aston designer and get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> well, or in, uh, actually it's easier is you just hire the Ford designers because they just blatantly copy Aston Martin designs. I think they hired Aston designers. But I'm just saying like you could just even cheaper. Ford designers going to be cheaper than Aston designers. That's a good point. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> uh, so um, cars, because uh, that's what we're here to talk about. The, Wait, cars? Oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so we, we got what you parked outside today. Um, Let's go way back, way back in history for you. What was your what was your first car? What was your first experience with cars? So I'm a 15 year old kid in Massachusetts, and that sounds cold. Oh, it's it's awful. It's not good. <laughs> and my neighbor, two doors down, a college kid comes home and leaves his car in his mom's driveway over a holiday for the last time. He's just over it. Leaves the car there, goes out and buys a Firebird or something, you know, because that's cool. 
and leaves his 82 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme in his mom's driveway. And after, I don't know, six, eight, 10, 12 months, the mom's like, I want this thing out of here. It has a new battery. If you just pay for the new battery, you can have the car. So I get the car for $80 and I am 14 wow. or 15 or whatever. And the driving age is 16 and a half. Sure. So it sits in my mom's driveway for the next year, year and a half. <laughs> um, while I make re- revy noises in the driveway. Sure. Um, because that's all I can do. And uh, that was my first car. And it was terrible because it was an $80 <laughs> car. Um, it was about was what you'd expect. Oldsmobile Cutlass. But it you know, introduced me to the freedom of the automobile, which really, I mean, it's kind of something awesome. Um, up to that point, you're relying on other people or your legs. I mean, you can only go as far as your bicycle can take you. Sure. Um, and, and so for me, 80s. that was... There was no Uber or anything. Right, exactly. Um, so that was that was very... It made a big impression on me. Yeah, it's you know? a good choice, too. I mean, it's based on a 57 Chevy. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty solid first car. Good thing we don't have any fact checkers in this show. But yes, everything's, everything's based on the 57 Chevy. Uh, it's on a 57 Chevy chassis, I think. So then uh, you own this for a couple of years and then you, you blew it up? Or, or what was the... I mean, it was, it was an awful, horrible pile of crap. So... It had issues from the get-go. You know, it consumed, what, two quarts of oil a week? That's a hybrid, gas and oil. That's yeah. what it thinks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so eventually that had to be replaced. And, of course, what do you replace an Oldsmobile with? But another Oldsmobile. I got a 77 Oldsmobile for my second car. Um, that was a princely sum of $100. Now, so you can 77, see 77, did you go to at least a rear-wheel drive also bill now? So that was a 350. Yeah, it was a rear-wheel drive. Yeah. I mean, the first one was rear-wheel drive also, but it was a piddling 231 V6. Um, so I went from a piddling 231 to a really anemic 350 in yeah, a big, so gigantic, enormous Delta 88, um, which if you haven't seen them, they're big, gigantic, and enormous. No, no, I know a Delta 88. It's like- You it, own that, one. That's, that's, You're that's an aficionado. The prime, well, it's, so, <laughs> so the prime of those like terrible like Malaysia era vehicles, and it's just, there's something like glorious about like a car you can buy, and today you can buy those cars for like $100. And they've got like this this really nasty. So what you're saying is the, the depreciation has bottomed out on those? Mm. It de- <laughs> could be looking at the the bottom of the curve. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Get them now <laughs> Start, before they fish hooks. You know what? Like, like you you joke about that, but you know it, who knows, right? If you had told me ten years ago that a Porsche 912 would be worth more than like a box of Cracker Jacks, I would have laughed at you. Like, nah, it's Porsche 912. It's it's like, you know, it's it's the worst car ever, right? And nowadays people want you know fifty grand for like a survivor like not like a restored you know not one that was owned by uh you know um adolf hitler or something but like just yeah. a run-of-the-mill porsche 912 like a carmen guia with a body kit right it used to be worth five <laughs> grand and then now it's worth 50 grand and you look and you say, what what's different and 356s too i mean take that same situation with the 912s and uh you know five years before the 912s um i mean we're, we're worthless Three, 356s weren't far off i mean yeah. you could get a 356 all day for Five, six thousand dollars for a, for a decent one. I mean, not like mm-hmm. a restored premium, pres- totally pristine one, but one that you could you could drive. And now, I mean, add two digits to that price. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. No, are, yeah, they're, they're uh, it's completely but, insane. But it's the, and and you know it's even gone to like we were talking about nine six fours before. Um, uh, which which you're you're a fan, right? You like nine six four? Yeah, that's that's kind of a touchy sore spot for me. Um, because yeah. I was I was all set to get one. And back when they were like 10 grand five years ago. Yeah, they were 10 grand 15 grand all day <laughs> and uh, I was all about it And I was like, you know, I'm gonna find the right one for me and I 
I said, I'm going to test drive one because you don't know if you're going to like these things until you actually drive sure. them. So yeah. I found one locally here. And the 964 LA. got a lot of like, like Porsche purists were like, oh no, it's not the 911 Classic. It's got, you know, it's handling too, the rear end's too sophisticated and it grips mm-hmm. too well. Not enough snap over serum. All the Porsche people were like, it, it doesn't have those stupid accordion bumpers. They really, they didn't like the 964. I mean, not as much as they hated the 996. But it was definitely somewhere. the redheaded stepchild. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Yeah. So um, you're ready to buy this thing. So, well, I mean, I, I needed to test drive it. So the first one I test drove was a, a 90, it was 120,000 miles, something like that. And uh, it was, it was, I was asking 14 grand and it was sitting on Auto Trader for like two weeks. Sure. And uh, so I drove it. It was a fine car. And I'm like, all right, well, this, the, the concept of a 964 is something that appeals to me. I'm going to find the right one for me. And then in the intervening five years, you know, they've quadrupled in value. And <laughs> yeah. you can't buy one even if you steal one. Yeah. You know, I was um, looking at, like seriously looking at RS Americas when they were mm. like 25 grand. No one wanted those either. Yeah, they were like, and you can get one for like 20, 25 grand on wow. rsamerica.net. This was like in the, maybe the, the early 2000s, late 90s. And it was... You know, I thought, okay, that's a lot of money for a car, but at the same time, this is a cool car. Well, they're worth like a hundred grand, if not more, with like the worst one now because yeah. you know they only made a limited number and it's it's. Anyway, it's and the secret RS with the RS Americas too is they aren't as good as the regular C2s because they <laughs> went to manual steering, which everyone's like, oh, the purest. It's got the manual steering. It's awesome. <laughs> Your Except arms are throbbing yeah, after you drive it. It's pure. <laughs> they don't tell you that the ratio is way slower than the regular C2 mm-hmm. rack, which is power, which is way better. So the RS America has worse steering, but it's somehow more desired. If you've ever driven an RS America, it's got the most dead front end because you know, the no, steering sucks. No, I didn't, but it has this little pull handle door, so it's got to be cool. Mm. Add I a mean, digit. You just, you Add a digit. Pull handle doors. <laughs> everything makes pull handle doors better. Okay, so so those are the cars that you like to drive around. Um, uh, for the people on the on the radio show who are who are listening and don't know, uh, you're part of the Isor racing team from from the very beginning. Is that right? That is correct. Right. So. Um, the story with Isor Racing started with another uh, guy you might know, Kyle. Yep. And yep. and he was the one who first saw the um, I don't know the email or whatever that said, "Hey, we're doing this crazy thing. It's yep. bring a five hundred dollar endurance car." And he basically sent an email around to a bunch of his friends and introduced us all to the concept of twenty four hours lemons. And since then, we've been a team now since the inaugural race that, that we raced at Altamont in two thousand six. And we've been all over, particularly the West Coast races, um, most of the West Coast races. We even did a few non-West Coast races. We did one in Miami. We did a Colorado race. Well, uh, and you guys won the championship in, Arizona. in was it 2000? When, when they first won, Jalen first won. The only championship, championship yeah. really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> since then, they, they got rid of it, right? Yeah, they got rid of the, yeah. the grand prize. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was 2010 or something like that. Was it 2010? Yeah, it was a few years ago. It was. It was. Uh, and and so so it's been a, it's been a success, right? It's been fun, right? You've, well, many, I mean, success. It's 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 guys driving crappy cars. I mean, sure. But how many races have you raced? In, do you think? Oh, geez, I don't know. It's it's got to be forty races. And and um, most of those are in that um, uh, Miata, right? Correct. Yeah, we started out with a CRX, and it was a first gen CRX. We did in the inaugural race, and we did it for we kept that car. Uh, for maybe the next year and a half or so, and then it was bashed into oblivion. I mean, those early races were nothing like mm. what they are now. I mean, yeah, I may have bashed your car because I was there <laughs> those early races. If you were at the early races, you crashed into our car because everybody crashed into it. <laughs> yeah. It was just how it went, and uh, so that car got smashed into a, such a train wreck uh, that it was no longer usable. And then um, we pieced together a Miata out of a couple of different crash Miatas um, that were basically shells. They were. They were smashed shells that we stitched together, 
And, uh, and then we ghetto charged it. And we thought, well, if you ghetto charge a car, what's going to happen is you're going to blow the engine. What does ghetto charging mean? Give so, yeah, so we turbocharged it using a Mexican uh, Dodge Stratus turbo. <laughs> <laughs> and because you know stuff that's from Mexico yeah, most, is most free. Not choice, using a pejorative yeah. here. This is actually no. It's like, literally, it is, like, literally came from Dodge Stratus. It was a it was a turbocharger from a Dodge Stratus okay. that sold only in Mexico. So they didn't sell the turbocharged version of this car in the states. Mm. And but the turbo ended up at the shop that we were um, storing the car. It was sitting on his shelf for years because it's for a Mexican market car and it has right. no purpose <laughs> being on his uh, on his shelf. And anyway, so we basically took took the stock exhaust manifold and flipped it upside down and adapted it to this turbo. And we thought for sure this was going to end up popping motors left and right and breaking manifolds. We did go through a, a few motors mainly because they were just really crappy motors that we put together from, you know, they were so 1.6 liter. Take right? take the junk motor Discards, over here, yeah. mix it with the junk motor yeah. over here, and it's yeah, 1.6. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we were going to be good going through exhaust manifolds like crazy. So we came up with this really elaborate bracing system. To support the weight of the turbo, because mm -hmm. you know the turbo flapping around on the manifold uh, usually means the manifold lives a really short life, and so we made backup stock exhaust manifolds that were modified to you know go upside down and have sure. the, all the stuff that we needed to adapt to the turbo. We've never used any of them. We're still on that original <laughs> manifold. So the lesson here, later, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how many races it is. My teammate Sarah has like a Excel spreadsheet, and she diligently keeps track, and I've never seen it. Um, so yeah, 40, 45 races is, is a guess. Um, so the lesson is that's always like, brace your turbo on your manifold. That's like a, a boxster in entry fees. You realize? And that's a good yeah. point. I don't. I don't. I don't You're I don't, welcome, Jay Lamb. <laughs> like, you bought Jay Lamb a boxster. <laughs> 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 no, you know, but it's, but it's money money well spent um, amongst the team. Uh, you know, I actually I had an idea that I wanted to tell you, the ISAR guys, is that I think you really should, um, for a future theme, and, and again, for people who don't know Lemons, you have to have a, a 24-hour Lemons. You have to have a theme for your for your um, your racer to, to be able to get through tech inspection easily, or, or so I'll say the judging portion where they decide whether or not you've spent $500. Um, and one of the thoughts on a theme is that you guys should do an ISAR, as in like I, like the iPod or iMac, mm. ISAR racing, and then... You basically you paint the car all white. You put a single mouse button on the middle of the hood, and then you all wear white except one of you dresses in a black turtleneck sweater. And it's at first I thought it was Steve Jobs' ghost, and I decided it'd be better to be just zombie Steve Jobs, just one of you. And then you'd walk around saying things like "brain." You know, I want I wanted to mock that, but I'm kind of loving it. Profit brain. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were gonna say something like like, like have the Apple eye and then like a big scab next to it or something like that, like yes, eye that sore. <laughs> That would be ridiculous. That Instead, be... we'll wear French-made outfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and now that, that worked too. But anyway, that that was my one. I, I kind of had this thought on the way on the way over here. I thought, you know what? The the um, the eye sore. I think that'll work good. Maybe that's too self-referential. Yeah. Referential. Maybe. Maybe, but mm. if you paint it all white again, you know, it's anyway. It's, it's, I, I, it's like navel gazing I, I, I lemons. Think, I think we've established, Vince. You need to stop thinking about. This. I, I do think this less. Is true. This is true. Okay, so <laughs> think what's less. next? Then what's next for Isor? Give us an insider scoop. Give us the, the 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 dirt. Probably more apathy. I mean, over the past few years, we've we've become very <laughs> lackadaisical about theming and such. I don't know if you've been paying attention. I mean, part of it was Kyle was the artistic and creative mm -hmm. force behind a lot Did of the themes. Autistic or autistic and artistic sure, okay, okay. you know those two things go together right? i know kyle i'm just right <laughs> and uh, and his his uh wife cat also i mean uh and another friend of ours basically did all the theming stuff and they moved to indiana and all the theming came to an abrupt halt because we don't even know our 
paintbrushes from our, I don't know, sphincter holes. Is that right? Is right. that how it goes? No, Isn't that how the saying that's is? The saying, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, what, that's what they say back in Indy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So then, so then we don't know what's happening next in, in, in ice racing. That's fine. But okay. So tell us. Neither do we. What What advice? If you had a a brand new guy who a kid who wanted to get into twenty four hour lemons racing. What advice? Give us, give us good advice for someone who just wants to get into the sport, never done it before. What's your best advice? Uh, don't build a car. <laughs> don't, just don't race. No, no, not don't race. Race, but don't build a car. Your first thing you should do is, is just go to a race. Uh, whether or not you sign up with another team to drive or not, either way. Um, but a lot of people, they think they have to go whole hog and buy a car and make a car and put a cage and get the truck and the trailer and all that stuff. You don't even know if you like it yet. I mean, chances are you will because it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's better to kind of ease into it. Mm-hmm. Just find another team. They're always looking for drivers. If you have any driving talent at all, chances are you don't because you, otherwise you wouldn't be in a lemons race. Um, but if you do, then you're going to be a good addition to any team that's out there. And they're going to want to have you on there and, and basically pay for a, for a seat. Yeah, most teams, It's as long as the check clears, then you are now qualified to be a member of the team. That's right. Yeah, can you drive <laughs> stick, and do you have $500? Those are the requirements yeah. for many teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, um, uh, I, I've, I've done some of it, and, and, and Dan's done, done more, probably done more than both of us, actually. Arrive and driving. Uh, also, uh, certainly secret. arrive and driving. Arrive and drive. That is the yeah. secret, man. It's the best. Yeah, because you have none of the claptrap. I mean, you've got none of the... You show up the day before the, the race, like, well-rested, like relaxed, and then you're just there for, to have fun for just that weekend. And you're like, peace out, and you go home. You don't have to deal with any of the the hubbub of getting everything ready to go and all the yeah, towing the car. And then yeah. when you blow the car up, you don't care. It's not your right. car. It's like, like, oh like, man, oh. that's gonna suck for them to fix. You gotta rebuild that whole engine, <laughs> and you guys didn't get the. We're gonna go find some air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so and lemons. We could talk about lemons for hours and hours, but but let's not. Um, What's your uh, what's what's your day job? What 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 do you do every day when you wake up in the morning and you know you brush your teeth and you don't shave because there's kind of a beard going on here? But what's your uh, what's the next thing you do? What, what do you do for a living? So I work for this uh, automotive web publishing car buying research website that doesn't like to be named. Uh, it's a oh. weird thing where even though they're getting free press right here, I mean I can just give them a plug. Because uh, they're sort of like Voldemort. It's, you can't it's use weird. their name. That's not. It's like the lawyers or something. I don't know. So That's I just fine. have to avoid saying the name of it. But it's very prominent, uh, you know, car buying website. And if you Google my name, and you, you, you will you, find you, everything I've ever written for ten years. You work for Kelly Blue Book, or maybe I work for sure. maybe I work for <laughs> maybe I work for Kelly Blue Book, and I just don't realize <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, maybe this maybe this is a they secret. Owe you a a lot se- of I know. Money. Where's yes. my back pay? <laughs> Who's this Kelly lady anyway? Uh, and so you write about cars, you you drive them, you review them. What's your right? Yeah, my my title is engineering editor, and that doesn't really mean anything. I basically um, review cars. I, I drive cars, so that's why I have this Toyota Mirai. Is for the next six months or so, we'll have this car in our long term fleet, along with other cars, maybe another ten, fifteen other cars, and uh, we'll basically keep them for a year, and we do ongoing driving impressions and observations and we also get cars every two weeks like this is the, this is the same with every automotive magazine out there is they have these fleet companies and they have all of the cars that the automa- automakers have in any given time and you have short-term loans and long-term loans and you drive the cars and you either drive them for two weeks or you drive them for a year and um, you basically makes make things up about them that are so, true you make things up only that are true 
so so okay that's, <laughs> that's perfect because um i, I want to know what's what's exciting what are new cars that we should be excited about because i'm, I'm such a geezer I'm, I'm like looking at cars from the 80s and 90s all the time because it's kind of my daily turismo that that's kind of our thing but what <laughs> what new cars should we be looking forward to next couple of years hmm i mean it depends on what you're looking for i know that you like the sobs and i can't help you there i'm pretty sure they're <laughs> out of business i thought <laughs> And that's why I can't help you there. <laughs> no new sobs. All right. Any, but any other cars? Any cars? Any cars you've driven recently that that are, that are actually they're fun, they're good, that are good values. Recently, I drove a GT GT three fifty Mustang, mm-hmm. Shelby, whatever flat Ford plane Ford V8. deal, flat plane crank V eight, and that was kind of awesome. What um, are those? Like fifty grand? About that. Yeah, 52, yeah. 53, four. and um, it's a hell of a car. And 8,200 RPM and 520 horsepower. But I mean, the numbers kind of don't really matter. It's a really experiential car. I mean, to wind that thing out to redline, have the windows down. It, it this is a sensation that we're not going to necessarily have for the future. Where electric cars aren't everything's gonna be like that. The Google cars not going to be like that. You well, electric cars are further off, but. Uh, <laughs> You know Aaron Shelby, who was just on the show a couple weeks ago. He uh, he owned he, he bought one of those. It's Carol Shelby's um, grandson bought which one? A GT three fifty. Oh, awesome! That I thought you meant like a driver. like an i three or something. No, 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 no. no <laughs> I was no, going to no. have a no self driving electric pilot. pilot and driver. and the verdict? Oh, he loved it. He was you know he said this was the best thing, best car ever, and you know he he was a, a big fan. Mm-hmm. All the noise and just the the experience. He said it was it's this experience of this car that you know his. His grandfather would have been proud of if he's still around. He, he was. It was interesting. So. It's cool. I mean, it's weird. It's right now with cars, we have no problem making horsepower. This is no longer a mark of achievement. You can go as fast as you want, and it's going to be way faster than any street can really support. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ability to go really freaking fast is is no longer really relevant because any performance car can go really freaking fast. So now, basically, we've reached the point where we come back to, well, what makes a performance car good is this tactility, um, the sound, the, the way it makes you feel. I mean, going fast is, we've been there, we've done that. So even though this Mustang GT350 has 520-something horsepower, um, that's fine and all. Um, but it, that doesn't define what the car is. But but if it had a 200 horsepower, you know, five liter V8 that was you know pulling through a carburetor, it, it even if it made the same noises and had the same steering, it'd be pretty terrible, right? It would be kind. Of, I mean, it'd be like an FRS, right? Because an FRS is a 200 horsepower. It doesn't. But it an sounds FRS god is a 2,900 pound car versus a probably a 4,000 pound car that the Mustang is. Right. But I would say that the FRS is is. Similar to what you're saying, 200 horsepower, 2,800 pounds, but it sounds god awful, and it has no torque, and so while it has the chassis, it's missing the engine side of things. I think if they no, that's what makes it so good is that it's so underpowered. Right. It's, it's like it's, it's like the Miata. That's why the Miata is good. It's I hate underpowered. That excuse. <laughs> I would say that the Miata, the new one, is not underpowered. I, I, Take I drove that. one. I drove Coleman's one the other day, and it was kind of underpowered. I, it, and again, this is only in not in reference to a 1960s car, but in reference in compared to these 500 horsepower cars that everyone drives. It was like, why doesn't this car have a turbo from the factory? This is the MX-5. This is the Miata. This is supposed to be a sports car, and sports cars are supposed to go fast. And again, I, I'm I'm the curmudgeon, right? I'm the old. Mm. Like, it should be fast, but at the same time, the car is it's. I mean, it, everything about it, the details are gorgeous, and I, and I love all that stuff, all the lightweight stuff. But at the same time, it's like, guys, 30, 
50 pounds, you could add a turbocharger and intercooler, and then you now have a car that's actually going to burn the, you know, spin the wheels. But would that make it a better car, though? Yes, because I can now burn the wheels. <laughs> uh, it's just that's it, it, Dan. It's so your measure. It'd be the same car except way better. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm all for burnouts. Yeah, don't get <laughs> me wrong. No, I agree. Once you hit about you know 300, 400, 500 horsepower, it doesn't matter. Okay, because then it's just right. you're now. I mean, you're not trying to like chase some kind of supercar goal. But when you're at 200 horsepower, or whatever whatever the Miata is, I don't even if they even this. No, it's like one, 155. That's not even enough. The new one is the new yeah. one. Yeah, but it weighs 2,300 yeah. pounds. But, but again, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's like matter. 1980 levels of power. Right, because yes, and and that's the. I don't know. I, I, I'm a, um, uh, enough of a speed junkie where it's like I I want the car to be, I want it to be a little bit out of control. Right. The cars nowadays, cars, the driving experience in cars is so refined and so safe, and everything has mandatory stability control. I want an old Viper. I want the Viper that didn't have stability control. That's the good Viper. You say that now. Have you driven an old Viper? Um, no, I haven't driven an old Viper. Honestly, never beat your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably no. So here's the thing: is that I I do drive this terrible Mustang, a '69 Mustang that I've been working That's on for awful. years, and it's a pretty terrible car. But at the same time, I love it. it. It puts a smile on my face. It is just, um, you know, it's, it's an experience. It's not fast. It's it, not. It's, it's a Harley of, Davidson. It's out of control because it's so bad. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you love it even though it's not fast. Yeah, that's correct. Kind of like a Miata. No, but the, the Miata doesn't even like, it doesn't, it's not exhilarating. It's calming in it when, when you're at wide open throttle and you're shifting gears. And that's great, but. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like this no, no, this is this is fascinating. Just seeing the, the, the Vince brain at work. Oh, sorry, here. I'm, I'm, I'm probably just just you, you, you can actually kind of smell Vince's brain. At work. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the gears that worked. Uh, okay, so um, we're gonna take a break in a minute because uh, that's what we do on the show. We're gonna have some commercials or something, and I don't know, someone's gonna pay us money. I, I don't know how this works. Uh, I'm just here for the Actually, the beer. listeners are going to pay us money because this one's brought to us by DailyTurismo.com. Oh, no, that's that's the best. Those are the best kind. Yeah. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to do our 10-second car review, which is an awesome little um, review of cars that are about 10 seconds long. The reviews, not the cars. So it's a great, it's a great feature, and when we get back, we'll do uh, some more fun. You're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Here is this week's Blue Glove Tool Review, brought to you by DailyTurismo.com. Open up your wallets and break out your credit cards. It's time for another Blue Glove Tool Review. Uh, this week, we've got the iSonic Professional Grade Ultrasonic Cleaner. Um, you can find it uh, via the DailyTurismo.com affiliate link. To, it's, uh, it comes via Amazon.com. And for $86.99, with free shipping for Prime members, you can get a cleaner that's designed to... Uh, clean um, dirty bolts and nuts and, and projects that you have in your garage. It's a, a three-liter capacity. It's a pretty big-sized unit. Um, you can also clean uh, jewelry with it. Like I have multiple um, 
multiple units of these in my house. My wife uses hers to clean jewelry. I use mine to clean nuts and bolts in the garage. And um, it uses ultrasonic action and an ultrasonic cleaning powder that comes with it uh, to remove uh, debris, caked on grease, grime, dirt, uh, in small crevices and places you couldn't get a scrubber or even you might not even be able to get brake cleaner in. Um, and this ultrasonic cleaner is designed to shake all that stuff out and clean your parts so that you can get them back in your project and get your old wreck of a car back on the road. Um, so buy the ultrasonic cleaner via the Daily Turismo Blue Glove Tool Review affiliate link. Um, and go ahead and just buy one. And don't worry, we won't tell your wife about it. Daily Turismo Radio Show. We got Jason Cavanaugh with us, talking about cars, talking about fun stuff, uh, talking about politics. We were talking about politics. We were not talking, talking about, about politics. Crazy gold medallion. Estrella Jalisco. These guys, they should be our sponsors. Mm. Um, we we're gonna do. What are we doing next, there, producer Ben? We're doing 10 second car review. Is what we're doing, which mm. is a, uh, a a review of cars where it's sort of a rapid fire, fun review of cars where. Um, Rather than sitting down with a pen and piece of paper like an automotive journalist and writing a bunch of stuff about Those the guys car, are chumps. Um, right, sorry, writing a bunch of positive stuff about some car that's a total pile of garbage. What's with all the positivity in, in automotive journalism industry? Like, you, I never read a negative review about a car. Hmm. Why is that? People are afraid of advertisers. I think for the most part, you know, if you say something bad, I mean, you can say something bad as long as it's justified, but you can't just blatantly. Potty mouth everything. Yeah, arbitrarily yeah. because you couldn't just like review in like a Donald Trump voice everything. You could. I don't know. I don't know if you you'd have a long career. See, you know then what? you'd be and like Vince. You, this you'd be <laughs> yeah, like Turismo. No. <laughs> that cough. Careful. Button. No. Um. And and this is why the old Top Gear was a good show. And I, I don't know about the new one yet, but the old one was good because those guys could say whatever they wanted because they had BBC money and not advertiser money. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were big enough where people still had to give them cars. And that's why it was such a good show. No, I think you can still, I mean, in, in real all honesty, you can say bad things about cars today. Um, as long as you are objective and your criticism is valid uh, and you're not just making stuff up, um, that's completely acceptable. Uh, I've, I've said plenty of bad things about cars uh, over the years. And uh, I've never been, I don't know, edited or criticized by chastised chastised i mean yeah you get lots of readers that get angry but that's just part of the territory but in terms of my employer they've always kind of had my back on my impressions of a vehicle so if i want to say something bad as long as it's justified it's fine right i I once wrote that the chrysler k car was like you know the the worst thing to happen since you know all the three members of the Beatles died or something like that. And I had actually the president of the K-Car Club of America <laughs> like comment on the thing that this is like totally inappropriate and like the K-Car is the best car ever. And so we like, wound up like, like emailing him and like later finding when he was selling another K-Car for sale anyway. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was hilarious. Uh, the internet's a strange place. 
10 second car review. So we're going to badmouth cars again, but you're going to badmouth cars. We're going to start out with that. Um, I'm going to give you a car, Jason, and then I think Dan, we're going to have you in this as well. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a car. Say that I'll say the name, um, make a model, and you're going to give me just your first instant thoughts on on those cars. Let's kick it off with 57 Chevy. <laughs> Dumpster fire. I don't know. I, that, that, that's not even my impression. That's just the first thing that comes to mind when someone says, what's the first thing that comes to mind when... So, dumpster fire. Dumpster, dumpster, dumpster fire. fire. Well, that's pretty good for 57 Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Dan? 57 Chevy is the godfather of all automobiles. I mean, basically everything is based on 57 Chevy. That's right. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm down. That's, Nathan told me that. Yeah, that, I believe everything. <laughs> Must be true. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, next car. Mercedes-Benz AMG SL65 Black Series. Mm. Expensive. I can't afford it. Um, but there's, there's lots of cars like that. Um, silly, I think is the word. If you had to give a one-word review this of a car. This isn't the one-word car silly. It's the 10-second well, car. It takes me 10 seconds to think of the one word. So. <laughs> if you want to do one word, this is great. It's actually it's working out really well. Dan. Oh, man, I remember seeing this the first time they rolled it out on Top Gear, and the thing blew my mind. It looked awesome. Uh, but yeah, kind of unattainable, right? I mean, it's two it's words, just too far out there. Automatic transmission. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, it's true. That's Mercedes for you, though. You know, you, they, we actually featured on Deli Turismo a AMG SL65 convertible. Mm. Okay, which is um, a very rare. They only made like 200 of them in mm. two years. Seven-speed auto. And it was sorry, SL63, not the SL65, 63. Mm-hmm. And so it's got that um, 6.2 liter. The Mercedes is a bunch of liars in their nomenclature. <laughs> uh, it's got the 6.2 liter V8, you know, 470 horsepower, naturally aspirated V8, and crazy engine, convertible, and it was like 20 grand. It's crazy money. I mean, crazy cheap for what mm. you're getting. Yeah, it's just I, I just couldn't believe it was that cheap. But apparently, it's the used market for those AMG. Like they, they depreciate worse than Audi. Mm. And that's like the only thing that's worse than Audi. In yeah, AMG depreciation AMG. is 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 historic. It's incredible. It's amazing. And, yeah. Okay. Next car, Porsche 964. Wood. <laughs> See, it didn't even take me ten seconds that time. It's a great car. I mean, it's an old. If you want the sort of uh, essential air-cooled Porsche flavor and still have something that's kind of sort of modern, modern-ish, uh, it has ABS. Amazing. Uh, the nine six four is is kind of the car. You can go into a nine nine three, and it's kind of melty looking. And I don't think they've aged as well visually. I mean, back in 1995, they were the bee's knees, as yep. my great-great-grandfather would say. I would never say that. Cat's pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but today, I, I don't know, what do you think? I mean, 993, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your gut take? I like 993s over 964s. I, I am a late 80s 944 uh, fan, so right. 964 is kind of like the, you know, the, the big brother, overachieving big brother, so... Um, I just never liked him for that reason. My, my problem with the 993 is when I see one, I instantly assume it's an original 911 that's been updated to, to yeah. the 993 mm. look. Because that yeah. happens so much. Yep. Yeah, so it's a CJ7 like with Wrangler body parts on it. Right, right or it's like a 912 <laughs> with all the 993 yeah. stuff on it. Have you seen what Roof is doing now with um, with 993s? I've seen it, but their stuff's really rough. It never seems finished. Oh, 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 oh. Like oh, ceramic, ceramic tile or <laughs> shingles or what? What are they doing on it? So what they're doing, they, <laughs> recently they uh, they took a 993 and they lengthened the wheelbase by like four inches or something ridiculous. 
and they added like an inch of wheelbase in the front and three in the back, uh, carbon fiber body. And it's carbon fiber body, but looks like, um, you know, 964 headlights, more upright headlights, okay. traditional stovepipe, 911 headlights, and, uh, you know, whatever, 500 horsepower, 4.2 liter engine. But they lengthen the freaking wheelbase, carbon fiber. That's all. That's all That's I got. Crazy. It's nice. wheelbase, and, and like, what are you, you're gonna pay like 150 grand for four. You're gonna pay like four hundred thousand dollars for it. Or <laughs> That's a Five hundred thousand dollars. Have you seen what Bill Caswell's doing with 911s? I have not. Is he adding four inches then? Apparently, he's doing something with them. I think a lot more than four inches in travel. Oh, right. Rally Isn't style. Is he next? Rock? I think next year is what he was saying he was gonna do uh, Baja with a 911. Which uh, which year or which generation? Uh, we have to ask him. Yeah, yeah, we can get back <laughs> yeah, on the show. Caswell, hmm. if you're listening, call in. Yeah, <laughs> should, should we open up the phones there, producer Ben? No, he's shaking my head. He's no, shaking we're head. having some issues with the Skype machine. We'll what? see. If, we'll, we'll see if it opens up uh, next segment. It's terrible. Uh, okay, so one last car before we run into the te- uh, technology corner. Um, last car is the Batmobile. <laughs> Which one? There are so many to choose from. You know what? You I always go to the Michael Keaton because that's my favorite. But you can pick. You pick your favorite, and you you give us a review of that Batmobile. I'll tell you, this is my favorite one. Yeah, is the OG one from the TV show, mm. and the reason why Adam is Adam West. I had Adam West style. I had the Hot Wheels car, or Matchbox, whatever the hell of that, and that was the fastest car on my little Hot Wheels launcher. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's the best one. Aerodynamics, probably, and it doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's like power to friction ratio there. Dan, what about you? Which uh, what's your thoughts of the uh, original you know, Batmobile? The the one I like the most is the one that uh, Speedy Cop bought on eBay. It's like six wheels and has like oh, yeah. Wankel engines in it. Or, oh yeah, whatever happened to that thing? I don't know. Wasn't that the greatest Lemons Project, car of all time? That's never Gel happened coat. yet, but it's, it's gonna be cool. I Gel think. Coat. Yeah. Project Gel Coat. Yeah. 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 It was like four engines and like six awesome. wheels, and yeah, that thing would be cool. I think he figured out that that was just never going to work. Like four <laughs> wankles like made it together. And when Speedy yeah. Cop says something's not going to work, yeah, that's like up to down. It's time to walk that's away. That's saying something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, next, we're going to do a little segment that's called the Technology Corner. And now it's time for Technology Corner. All right. Are there any hookers on this corner? (laughs) 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 Only, only the only the best kind. Uh, Today's Technology Corner is going to be a special one because we have some people who are going to talk about um, this particular subject because they're all three of us. We I don't know what's going on over here. We got some mongoloids over here. Actually, a bottle opener. <laughs> <laughs> I think co- co-host Dan almost just cut his thumb off with a pocket and kind of opened a bottle up, but he's he's gonna be fine once he. We're all good now. The problem is solved. Problem is solved. Just so, apply cheers, pressure buddy. to it. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers, cheers. <laughs> um, we are, um, and and we're doing this because the three of us we used to work together at, at Garrett Turbochargers, and so mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about. We're basically, um, we can name them by name, really. Name by name, really. GT. That's, That's bold. Right. Yeah, that is bold. And uh, we're gonna talk about turbochargers for the technology corner. And uh, I'm gonna start off. To be kidding. I'm gonna put it over to, to Dan over there, Dan the man. That's right. And I'm gonna say, tur- Dan, what is a turbocharger really? What is it actually called? Blah, well, it's blah, a turbo blah. supercharger. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what? It's supercharger turbo supercharger yeah it's a specific flavor of supercharger which is exhaust driven from the turbine 
from the turbine. So what are the parts of a turbocharger? What are the main components? Well, you're looking at at a hot side and a cold side and a middle side. Where's the beer side? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, turbocharger. I mean, uh, the the 10-second turbocharger review... um, Start at the back, right? You you blow exhaust out of out of the oh, uh, yeah. cylinders. Start you use that energy, the exhaust uh, velocity and and thermal energy to um, spin up your turbine wheel. Um, drives through the uh, the center shaft of the the That's turbo. That's what she said. And then uh, spins up the compressor wheel to compress the incoming air, and then feeds back through itself. So it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, basically until the engine blows up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, tur- that, that's turbochargers in a, in a nutshell. Um, that's it. That's all there is to know. What, um, we can move on from this about- corner now. No, no, no. We're not done with the corner. Oh, I want to uh, talk about one thing. Because he just covered everything. He just covered everything. Well, no, that was like the real like you know 10-second turbocharger oh. overview. Um, I, I'm a big fan of turbochargers for power, for going faster. I've got one of the STIs on my daily driver, and, and it's, it's great. But... Um, this whole nonsense about turbo downsizing, where mm. the industry thought that they could gain a 15% fuel economy advantage by taking this, you know, a V6, three liter V6, bring it down to two liters, turbocharging it. Is that, are they actually realizing that, or has that been a bunch of total, total BS? Uh, yes and no. And the yes is on the EPA cycle, they definitely see the advantage. But the EPA cycle, is really light load and really low speeds. And it is not really representative of the way people actually drive. And when you take that same vehicle with a turbo four-cylinder that did really well in the EPA cycle and you put it in the hands of a consumer, um, well, it turns out that turbo engines have torque generally. I mean, Ooh, it's good times, yeah. They got tor- torque is good, and right. people start delving into the, the, the pedal more. So when you have torque, you use it because torque is fun. And once you start using the torque, you start burning more fuel. And in the real world, these turbo four cylinders, are they really producing significantly better fuel economy? No, not yeah, I, really. I thought it was a free lunch. <laughs> I love free lunches. <laughs> I mean, this was a free pizza dinner. I mean, yes. So that is a real thing, yeah, right? That real, exists. That's the only way we get guests on is by offering free beer and pizza. Little Caesars. Sometimes chloroform's involved, too. Um, Okay, so turbochargers, yeah. And so, so they, these 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 downsized boosted engines, they are good for the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Whether they're good for the consumer, it's it's not universally, you know, it's not universally sorted out. So, some some of these turbo four cylinders, and I won't name manufacturers, are worse than other turbo four cylinders. Sure. Um, in terms of this fuel economy upside. Well, I like that it was uh, Fiat was doing the multi-air engines, and I forget which car it was, but you could buy like a a 2.4 liter non-turbo Tiger Shark, yeah. Yeah, you could buy the two liter turbo and a 1.6 liter turbo engines. 1.4. 1.4. Okay, that was the multi-air, yeah. And it was like, as the engines got smaller, they actually got more horsepower and worse fuel economy. It was just this like <laughs> complete opposite, like kind of worlds upside down turbocharged engine thing, and they were charging more down, for the smaller engines. Dogs and cats sleeping and like, together. <laughs> have, you driven, have you ever driven one of those 1.4 multi-airs? Uh, no, I have not. You haven't? They were hilarious because when they were cold, right, they're trying to light off the cat, right? Uh, so when they're trying to light off the cat, they go to this really retarded exo- uh, ignition timing to help light off the cat. Slow, slow ignition timing. Really sl- slow, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, wearing one of those helmets. Yeah. Um, it was so aggressive in that in that respect that 
it had no power when it was cold whatsoever, but there was so much exhaust energy that you could hear the turbo spinning like <laughs> gangbusters. And the thing's making zero power. But the turbo is like glowing red hot. It was just this really weird... And then once it warmed com- up, it was fine. Once it was warmed up, they'd give you the ignition timing back, oh, the cat's lit off, and it's that's, it's finer. That's kind of like driving like a diesel car in Europe. Like on a, on a, if, you, if you ever drive one during the, um, the winter time, and like the first like couple minutes of driving, you're like, I, I think there's something wrong with my rental. And then, no, it's just that the diesel, like, they just don't like being cold. Like, the turbo mm-hmm. doesn't work. The the fuel's really thick. That's just, everything is just not, like... That's right. probably has, like, a like a oil-driven variable vein system, and it's, like, pumping molasses through there, yeah, right? Yeah, and they, they don't heat up quickly, and so it's just, it just, they just hate, like, the cold starts. And... Mm. Anyway, okay. Uh, <sighs> that was Technology Corner. That was good. Ben, did you enjoy that Technology Corner? It's your favorite part of the show. <laughs> Okay, let's go to a fun game because yeah. that's where we're going we're gonna to liven up. We're going to make Ben happy. We're going to do Ben's favorite game, which is not Ben's Spectacular Spec. Did you prep a Ben's Spectacular Spec today? No. Ah, oh, that's like my favorite show. Is your mic on? Yeah, my mic's on. You sure? Okay, I can barely hear you. Um, <laughs> that's the sound guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the sound guy. <laughs> is that better, Vince? That's our sound guy. That's better. Thank you. Okay, now you're I welcome. You better. Uh, we're going to do a little game called Best Car 4, and I'm going to give you guys the... We take the turns deciding what's the best car for a particular activity. And so we'll start with Jason. Absolutely um, excellent. Best car for, what is the best car for? Driving across the USA on back roads. No major highways. Hmm. It's funny that you should bring that up. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, funny, like, I'm a comedian. <laughs> like a clown. <laughs> I, recently, uh, I recently drove coast to coast in a um of all things a dodge viper they still make those uh it's amazing right that they those <laughs> still exist <laughs> well they took a hiatus for a couple of years right they stopped making them and i think they're taking another hiatus now <laughs> are they okay yeah. right. that's a shame uh, so you drove it, a viper a new one right yes wow. um wow. Is, it, is it the one that has the the viper that lights up with the brakes yes Ooh. yes yeah yeah the third brake light is a is a snake head Yes. This doesn't is how this is how seriously we take line? our doesn't performance the, cars. The snakes light up on the oh, there's a the bright front. red snake's head red in line. attack when you when you hit the rev limiter. Yeah. Again, yes. very serious stuff in the American performance. I would car just be industry. driving at the rev limiter with my brakes on the yeah, whole time. Exactly. Of my yeah, head. Like, I pay for these features. <laughs> Check out my snake heads. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that happens in street corners around the USA a lot. Um, so Viper, that's a good answer. Dan, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best oh, car for for back roads. I was. More that I, I did that, and I realized that it's really kind of a terrible car to drive <laughs> in any circumstance that doesn't involve a racetrack. I mean, it's really unpleasant on oh. public roads, of which when you're driving on public roads, they're all public roads. Uh, yeah, understood. So you're, like, afraid about police and potholes? That, and it's just a terrible car. I mean, there's you can't see out of it. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't ride well. It doesn't steer well. Uh, the, the engine feels like it's got six manhole covers bolted to the flywheel it's got so much inertia it's unpleasant it's not sharp you know you want your sports cars to, well i want my sports cars to be sharp and snappy um yeah viper will tear your face off in terms of speed but like we talked about before speed is kind of not no longer a litmus test sure. um so it's not the best back road car um and i know that because i did it so then what is the best back road car then Recently, I drove uh, the new NSX, mm. and that I was... I thought they were still working on those. 
it seemed like they were working on it for a long time. <laughs> it really wasn't that long a time. If you look at how long it took to come in, they basically were announcing every time they like changed a bolt on it. So they'd, ah, okay. oh, here's the new NSX with another new bolt. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another one. So they, they were basically pushing it into the zeitgeist continuously. And that's why it feels like it's an old car, even though it had a normal gestation period. Did you just use the word zeitgeist? Yeah, I was like thinking about common, that too. Like parlance is you get a dumb Am I not supposed to do that? Is that, that is that bad? Ju- I mean, we're what's just all a bunch of idiots. I don't know if the audience can handle that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dan. Okay, well, you're done with the Viper. Dan, what's your best car? Uh, you know, I'd say like Ford Raptor, because I'm gonna want to yeah. not be on roads for some of it, and I feel Good like answer. that thing would swallow up American dirt. Dirt, <laughs> all the dirt. Yeah, producer Ben, you got a car? Nah, you Cadillac STS. Just because if I'm going to be on the back roads, I'm going to be comfortable. Mm. I like that. I, I'm going to pick the Miata. I don't want to be stuck behind I'm just gonna you. Get in the Miata because I love the seats in that new Miata, the brand new one, ND. Hmm. The seats are just the most comfortable things on the planet. Like you sit in them and they just feel like they're the right size for you. Hmm. They're magical. It's because you're a little man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, next one. Best car for selling. Best car for selling? Yeah. The what best, do you mean? Like, like best car for like, well, you're going to sell it. Like, that's it. Probably an air-cooled 911. Didn't we already oh, go yeah. through this? Yes, that's good. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Or Damn. an E34 M5. Yeah. I don't know. You think buyers are like waiting around for those? I think, I think if, if you market. if you bought one a few years ago and now you you want to sell it, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's yeah, better. They've done, yeah, they've done strange things. It's a pretty terrible car, by the way. I haven't <laughs> driven one and sort of owned one for a short period of time. Yeah, no, it's 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 an old car. I mean, in its day, it was like holy crap, supercar. But it's it's sure, a twenty five year old right? car. So now it's like wow, this is really not a that brand new fast. like Dodge minivan is probably just as oh, fast yeah. as it. And Absolutely. The, it, it's just like the Doesn't steering sound is cool. so heavy and the, the way it drives is so like it just you know, it feels like it, it's like a tank it is tank like but that's kind of an appealing feature in some sure. ways sure Dan best car for selling selling uh, 1995 Toyota Camry you find a buyer is that, on it is that instantly on every street somebody's yeah. gonna buy it you just mm. say yeah, I like that. this is it and 12 people will be so at you're all about the ease of transaction I hate selling cars yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of history behind that comment right there yeah. there's a lot of history <laughs> there producer Ben any cars for selling I was gonna think of like maybe an STI or a Draken or just about anything that your wife wants you to get rid of in. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, I'll say I'll say Roadmaster then, because <laughs> you know I just have this Buick Roadmaster. Do you have a Roadmaster? I have a Roadmaster wagon. Yeah, really. Estate ninety four LT one. That sounds like a, a collector's item. It's a beast. It's wood delete though, so it's mm. I don't know if that makes it cooler or not cooler. I have no nope. idea. No, but it it's got no wood on the side, so. Uh, so it's got no buyers then. I don't know. I don't know, but it would be fun to sell it. You'd meet interesting people. The next one, and apparently the last one, according to um, producer Ben, is. Um, Slamming to the ground. The best car to slam to the ground. Like on airbags. You got like 10 seconds because we're running run to break in the here. The guy who owns it is someone you hate. That's the best car. Uh, you hate. Oh, I like that's, that. That's yes. Good. good. So I'll take that as like Dave Coleman as well. So. Yeah, because who doesn't like him? <laughs> you know what I just saw was a uh, four-wheel drive trophy truck. And they had the the snapshot of them dropping dropping it from a height, and the snapshot with it at full compression, 
and it looked like it was a trophy truck slammed. So that would be a good one to have a slam mm. to the ground. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Ben? I'm going to say a Volvo 240. Oh. oh <laughs> they kind of look awesome when they're low. Is that the uh, first Volvo mention of this entire radio show? I had show? to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> I'm going to go with old like W123, like or no, W108 Mercedes S-Class. Hmm. Those things are awesome. And slam to the ground, it would be like just such a strange thing. Okay, we're going to take a break. Um, but when we come back, we're going to do from the website and try to open the phone lines and see if those work. Hello, DT Radio listeners. This is Senor Seaflow, and I'm here to tell you about European Motorworks. They are a full-service machine shop. They specialize in the Volkswagen Type 1 and Type 4 engines. My pistons are pumping just thinking about it. They can grind your crankshaft. They can lube your camshaft. They can balance your rods. Just think about that. If you would like to make some sweet, sweet noises with your Volkswagen engine, while you listen to the sounds of some romantic guitar, please come down to George's shop, European Motorworks, in Hawthorne, California. His phone number is 310644480448. That's 310644808 for you gringos. Or visit europeanmotorworks.com. Live the passion of the Volkswagen Type 4 engine. Let it flow through you. And tell him DT Radio sent you. Turismo Radio. Hey guys, uh, and we're back. Uh, I'm still here with uh, Jason Cavanaugh. I'm here with Dan, um, imitation C flow as we call him today, and producer I'm Ben. Sorry. Uh, we're gonna open up the phones and see if we can get our uh, some of our callers calling in and asking uh, all kinds of crazy questions for us. Um, First, we're gonna see if the phones work, Vince. So this is true. Yes, yes. Area code four two four two six zero two eight two two. Once again, that's area code 424-260-2822. And uh, just go ahead and call us if you'd like, and we'll try to answer it. 424-260-2822. This next section, and feel free to call us while we're chatting, and we'll just interrupt the show here, um, is from the website. 
where we highlight some of the interesting things that are happening around dailyturismo.com. Uh, car of the week. Let's hit up. Uh, for me, car of the week was the 1972 Datsun 240Z Roadster. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, I'm going to show, show my colleagues a picture of this um, Datsun Roadster. Um, it was a 240Z that someone had hacked the roof off. And you think, oh, it's usually that doesn't end well because, you know, customized um, uh, 240Zs, it usually ends up sort of like 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 Amber Amber Heard after she uh, after the reviews of Mordecai came out. <laughs> and it's usually, it just ends really poorly. <laughs> um, so uh, this 240Z came out really good. Um, it's got a Mazda Miata uh, roof section on it. and or Not roof section, sorry, a windshield. And then they have some custom headlights and, and taillights. And it doesn't look like a Ferrari, you know, like a fake 365 GTB. You'll see them do that a lot, fake um, fake Ferraris with 240Zs. But the guy wanted, what does he want, 12 grand for it down in San Diego. Um, it's a cool-looking car. What? That's a cool-looking car. <laughs> I know. That was my reaction exactly. What? That's a cool-looking car? That's No. No, Come on. No. Back me up in this, guys. I, I will, I'll give him this. It looks way better than many customs and, that, I've, and, that I've seen out there. Is it is it beautiful? Well, <laughs> okay. The taillights are a little, are not. They're not. They wouldn't be my choice. But the front end and the overall look. The the paint looks it's decent. Not bad. No. And the fact the that they didn't use the paint's decent in the one by one photos I'm looking at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the front the end looks, looks like a, a cross between like a Mustang and an eight series BMW. It looks kind of Oldsmobile to me a little bit too. But yeah. um, it's someone someone said that it looked like a love child between like a BMW Z8 and a. Um, see that car they said it was anyway it's in the comments so I, I thought that was an interesting car but I wouldn't buy that car because I'm a cheapskate and 12 grand is way too much to pay for a car I would buy the mostly restored 72 Porsche 914 that was $4,900 that was this red Porsche 914 they had upgraded to 1.8 liter engine and 4900 bucks. the paint looked nice and those uh, it had some rust in the back trunk but it was mostly rust free and 914s prices have gone up a lot recently. And rising less tide. Than five grand for running driving Porsche 914s got nice paint. That that's a steal all day long. You're gonna have a hard time matching that deal. So that's from the website and uh, made it relatively quick because we want no comment of the week. No, I didn't have a comment of the week today. I wanted to just wanted to get through that quickly because yeah, well, you, first off, make a, sure a, that a lot of traffic to the website this week, huh? <laughs> I want to make sure that I want to make sure that people can call in four two four two six zero two eight two two. And uh, we'll get your comments live on the air. I think that's a better way to do it. But um, yeah, maybe they'll be more prepared than you. Maybe they'll actually do some show prep or oh, something. Oh, a wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm throwing my mic. I'll put my headphones on. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, we want to go to some news. Uh, and it's um, producer Ben. Seaflow's news. Seaflow's news. Who's Seaflow's not here? We miss Seaflow. Seaflow's. He's the news. No, um, producer Ben, you have some news for us, don't you? Yes, in absence of Seaflow, I'll do the news. All right. Um, leading off the news is what else but the new Top Gear? Uh, and did anyone catch the show, Vince? I I think I yeah. actually told you to watch it. Did I did. You actually I did. Do your homework? I did put it on the, the old uh, the the TiVo. It's actually not not TiVo. No one is TiVo anymore. I think they're out of business. Uh, I recorded it and watched it, and um, I was uh, I'll give us a mixed mixed results in my opinion um, there was some good parts of it I mean it still had that top gear sort of the production value is good the quality is mm -hmm. good the you know the the, the things but um, I was a little bit disappointed that like Chris Harris was using some of the same across the line kind of stuff as Jeremy Clarkson I think it's he, Chris Evans right 
Harris? Is it Chris Harris? Oh, sorry, that's a different guy. It's Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Sorry. Chris Evans, yeah. It's Captain America. Um, and, uh, yeah, sorry. Chris yeah. Chris something. Some British guy. He had really crazy glasses that were kind of, they were throwing me. For yeah, he was of kind thing. of a freaky looking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like a, he's, like not, he's not exactly guy. what you picture when you think a car guy, you know? No, no. And, um, you know, poor poor uh, uh, Joey Tribbiani or, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's his face? Nice. Um, he, uh, I mean, you know, the guy to have a hard time acting his way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, he's he seems like a nice guy. He's probably genuinely a car guy. But um, the acting is just kind of, it's, I don't know. What can I say? Don't don't say anything bad. No, I don't say something bad because it's, it's my show. Uh, it was pretty terrible. But at least it was genuine when he was excited about the car. It felt genuine. But it was um, it felt really forced at times when he was saying things that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if he understood what he was saying. Well, the best, the, well, the best part of it was the actually after the show was Chris Evans' Twitter rant that he went on. Um, apparently, he thought that the audience was up 23% or 12% more of a share. And actually, uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, it was the lowest rated show in 10 years that Top Gear's had. So he went on, I guess he went on Twitter. You know, he's got issues with fact fact checking as well. So he could actually come on this show probably. Um, <laughs> Fit right in. <laughs> But that was that was the best thing. It, it it got terrible reviews, and I think that a lot of people just aren't going to give it a chance. To be honest with you, I was talking to a couple people about it, just on the street, and they said that basically like homeless guys. Yeah, like mostly. literally homeless guys about Top Gear. Yeah, okay. they, yeah. What they do is they go and watch it in department store windows. Right. Hmm. Yeah. They're no, over there by the technology corner. But the, yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, but but no but every car guy that I've talked to is just they they hate the idea they think the show should have died and and like you I mean I literally had to talk to you and yell at you and tell you you have to watch the show Vince you well know. I mean in, in truth I, if, you know you probably have to tell me to put my shoes on you know if that's I did, true. If my wife didn't do that I wouldn't put them on I just walk around <laughs> barefoot so you know okay. that's a different story what about you uh, Jason or, or Dan do you guys watch the show. I, I did not, but I mean, think about the uphill battle they're facing, right? I mean, Top Gear is the biggest show that there's ever been, and we have they've a call. got it. Oh, oh, hang on. We got a call. Oh, hang on. You're Hold the phone. Doesn't matter. We're going to listen to this guy on the phone. <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> Daily Turismo, you're on the air. Oh, I'm on the air. I don't even get screened. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't afford a screener. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right. Well, I, I, uh, I'm sorry I missed the beginning of your, your interview. Uh, I'll have to go back and, and, and listen to it. But uh, I'm, I'm calling because I'm, I'm a Lemons fan. I'm a Lemons participant. And, and so I didn't, I didn't get to hear maybe what you had contributed before. But What was your name? We, didn't, I, we didn't catch your name? Uh, Mike Spangler. Mike, all right. Spank. Spank. The, the infamous Spank. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> all right, we have a celebrity on the show, guys. No, no. I, I'm calling to speak to the celebrity, uh, Mr. Kavanaugh. There. So, uh, it, it, Lemons is interesting from my perspective because it's kind of like uh, I, I always compare it to, to people. I tell people that it's kind of like the uh, like a football game. You've got the band who shows up. You've got the cheerleaders who shows up. Show up. You have, you know, two two opposing teams. You have fans, and they're all there hoping for the same thing. Uh, you know, or, or hoping for a good time, and and uh, and so. I'm, I'm on one end of the spectrum. I'm kind of like the tuba player in, in the band, and and uh, here I am talking to the star quarterback, or or uh, have the opportunity to talk to the star star quarterback, even though we never interact there on the field, so to speak. 
So, what I want to know is, from my understanding, uh, eyesore has been involved since since uh, back in the Altamont days. Mm-hmm. What keeps you coming back? I mean, I think we're even though we're coming at it from completely different perspectives, like you're saying, the uh, you bring some of the most insanely crappy cars I've ever seen, and that's a compliment. Yeah, now, now guys, <laughs> uh, for people listening on the air, uh, Spank, some of the cars you've bought to the races, give us a flavor of like some of the some of the better ones. And I'm using that term loosely. Uh, it's not really about me. I'm, I'm calling, <laughs> I want to find out from them. I mean, what what makes what makes fast people, good people, brilliant people keep coming back <laughs> and not hitting me? Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, the only reason to do lemons, whether you're out there to you know try and be fast or or whatever, or to just go out there and and bring some of the most insane cars that don't belong on a track, like a Harley-powered Prius, for example, um, you're just there to have fun. And if you're not having fun, you're you're doing it wrong, right? So going back to Lemons again and again, even though we brought the same car and we haven't really rethemed it in a long, <laughs> long time, um, you know, it's still fun. It, me personally, I've actually skipped the past few races because I was getting a little bit burned out. Um, you know, we were kind of in a holding pattern with our vehicle just because we're limited on fuel and you can't really go beyond what we've been doing for the past couple of years um, w- without well, adding many, a bunch like, of fuel. How many top five finishes have you had in the last couple of years? All right? of them. Yeah. I mean, th- and, 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 and never winning, or not winning, right? It's most of the top five. Right? Yeah, I don't think we've won in years. And, yeah. and you know, Winning is not why we're there. You're there to have fun, no, but that, at the that, same time, that's a time, lie. That's a lie. Uh, yeah, that is a He's lying. Lie. There's a nose is growing. Spank. I can tell you right now, the reason why Jay comes back the lemons, and the reason why I, I do it and Dan does it is because we want to win. We want to drink, drink the milk, drink the Kool Aid, whatever they drink at the end of a 24 hour lemons race. That smoke the crack pipe, whatever, whatever it is that happens. And Black Iron Racing, my team has done it once. You've won once. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I mean, is when is it? Does that really it make was, the difference for you? Do you not yeah. have fun when you're not winning? If my car doesn't have a chance of winning, I want no part of it. I'm a jerk, yeah. though. I, I was yeah. gonna say, like, I, I kind of, I kind of think I you suck right now. He is. He is. He's a, yeah. He is a total That's jerk. That's right. I am a total jerk. No, when it comes I mean, to... I can, you know, I, I can if, kind of agree with what you're saying. I mean, you have to have a goal. I mean, there's multiple goals to set out there. I mean, obviously, I have I have different goals. My goals for IOE or my, you know, and right. And you want to win cars. that IOE, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it makes it feel it makes you feel a lot better. But I have to, you know, I have to say it's a guilty feeling sometimes because there's so many other wonderful cars out there that don't win. You know, or so many other wonderful teams or wonderful people or, or people so deserving of massive amounts of recognition that don't get it. And, it, you know, I feel guilty because it's me over and over again. But on the other side, <laughs> I freaking work hard for it. Of course you do. Yeah. And you come up with a better answer, a better mousetrap to go after that goal. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's it's building that mousetrap. That bu- and honestly, building the car, and maybe that's why you guys are burnt out. You haven't built a car in a while, but to me, no, for sure, that's car, it. I'm kind of over well, the so car that we have. Rumor has it. Rumor has it that Isor has another car no. that's uh, mid-engine, or I, 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 dare I say, I hear it might be, may or may not be a brat. I can tell you. A, I can tell you all about like it. V8 in the back. Or? Yeah, that 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 was that was the dream. Well, there was and, supposed to be a brand with a dream, motorcycle engine powering out of, like fifth wheel off the back, right? Well, that was that was like Mark One version. Oh, okay. Of idea. <laughs> so yeah, that was the dream years ago. Uh, we haven't actually done anything with that because it turns out building cars is harder than racing the car that you have. Wait, so, so we've been continuing racing the car that we have out of apathy. Now, now, okay. So just uh, Spank, 
who works on your cars other than you on your team? Um, gosh, there's so, it, 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 it's just a, it's kind of like a conveyor belt because I burn through all my friends. <laughs> uh, I, I lose, I've lost a lot of, I won't say I've lost a lot of friendships, but, but, uh, I, I just, I'm Your enthusiasm that, wanes, that, right? I'm at a different pace and other people, yeah, it's fun, but you know, I, I, I clearly have a problem. <laughs> I can admit that. <laughs> but, um, and it's, and I, I blame, you know, this, this whole spank thing. I mean, People say spank, and I am not so much a car guy. I really am not. And and but I was given cookies. You know, every time I do something, I get a cookie. So uh, I'm going for more cookies. You know, uh, but, but that's how I, I get Vince over here. When I was talking about goals, you know, you, you go to perform, you, you go for, to a race. You all at Black Iron, you know. And I, as I recall, you you had that completely stripped down roll cage with aluminum skin that we. I got to take a part at my first race. I think it was. <laughs> that was, yeah. At Buttonwillow, is that right? Yeah, that was our when we completed the Lemons Trifecta. I believe we're, to this day we're the only team to have won the People's Choice. Now it's at the first race. The, the the overall win, which was like in the second year, and then the People's Curse. That's, yeah. So I, I have to, I, I won't say shamefully admit, but I can't say that I'm proud of it. I was trying to convince somebody to drop one of the nuts down the spark plug hole. <laughs> no, you know what? The guy who did the most damage was the guy who dis who unscrewed our ABS um, uh, leads running into the master cylinder or the ABS block thing and then retightened them, mm-hmm. letting air in oh, so that when we got that car back evil. on track, we had no brakes. And But we decided, even though in the pits we had no brakes, we decided to race anyway. <laughs> right, so you weren't going for Safety the win, third. but you had a goal to work for. Well, and that was like, because... We were in the win until we got the people's curse for that race. Well, yeah. And then we were done. And so we decided, okay, we're going to at least put a lap in this thing. Yeah. We put poor Nathan in it. And he's like, it has no brakes. We're just racing. You're fine. <laughs> Quit complaining. <laughs> but, but, no, and that's why, like with Eyesore, I really, I really do. I mean, like I said, I'm on the opposite end of the, end of the spectrum. I'm with my tuba here, watch, looking across, going, wow, I wish I could be a quarterback. Um, and But they came, and still occasionally, come with just incredible themes. So. Anybody who's seen what I've been doing, if, if I'm not bringing a new car, I'm trying to come up with a theme that is approaches eyesore kind of uh, status. Um, you know, not not failing, but not quite reaching it. But it's a goal of mine because I said I look up to them. I still look up to them. I mean, for the, for their perseverance, for for uh, I mean, I mean, gosh, those friendships have been going on for how long? And even though people people's lives have gone in different directions, they still seem to be able to get back together and almost a reunion at the track and. And still be competitive, and, and despite their advanced age, you know. It's, it's, uh... hey, I was gonna say, Spank, did, did Coleman pay you to call in today? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I would have called in anyway. But I was just, you know, I, I, I saw it. I saw that this was on, and I'd listened to a couple of replays, and I felt like, you know what. I never talked to you guys at the track, really. And, and, uh, yeah, it's very sporadic. And I think, you know, what keeps you coming back to the track after you've been going there for 10 years is you develop these relationships. And when, when you don't go to the track, you're missing out on good times. And even if you're losing, you're still having a good time because you're at a lemons race. And it's like a lemons race is Disneyland for car dudes, right? It's, know, it's just a good time. A 10-minute conversation with Judge Phil is like the <laughs> best like 10 minutes you'll spend all year. Judge Phil's right? great. I mean, there's just no better like like the the things he says and like the 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 way he deals yeah. with cars in, in BS or, inspection. Or it's five great. minutes drinking beers and riding around in um, banana hammocks with Dave Montoya. Uh, you know, it's for instance, it's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> right. And 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 so I don't. Going back to your question, like who who works on the cars with me? You know, I don't have a consistent core group so much. I mean, I'm. I'm 
I've been doing better. I haven't been building so many cars at the track, so I've been able to hold on to some of these arrive and drives. I mean, I've had over 60, probably 70 different people wow. just in wow. the Mini alone, and the Mini hasn't even been in every race. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly bicycle. scrambling for more people. So I don't have the same you know, camaraderie that, that other than everybody else in the paddock. It really means a lot when somebody comes over to the pits and looks and goes, wow, that's cool that you brought this, or good to see you again, or, or something like that. So it does give, even if you're not traveling with the same, you know, uh, a core, four or five, whatever, drivers, there's still a strong sense of, hey, there's Overzet, hey, there's Pete Peterson, you know, and there's there's, there's Kimball, and there's Isor over there, even though even though I rarely say 10 words to you guys. You know, it just it feels, it feels good. It's mm-hmm. good to see everybody having a good time. I'll tell you what else, Mike. Uh, it also feels real good when you're broken down in Alex Vendler's box truck in the middle of the I-5 Central Valley, and a guy named Spank pulls over and gives you a fuel pump so that you can keep going. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it. Way to have been a better story. No, no, thanks. <laughs> that was a. But, but, um, I guess I should, if I have some airtime, I should give a shout out. Uh, uh good friend AJ Ashley has been been you know episodic he'll come in in, in the scene and I I, have ne- I had never wired I don't know how many cars are built but off the top of my head but I've never wired my own kill switch until like last year my friend AJ would always come over and take care of all of that stuff <laughs> um, and then then lately I've been having a, a recurring group of of, uh, of semi arrive and drive I mean Denise Mueller who interestingly enough not only does she race lemons she is going for the women's land speed record this year on a bicycle. Her coach is John Howard, who uh, did 152 miles per hour on the salt what? flat. On a and bicycle? she's going to try to meet his like, record. But, but behind a chase car to, for the wind, redu- wind reduction? Uh, no? Yeah, so okay. he went behind a, a salt flats racer. She is, uh, I'll give a plug, I think she's going behind a rover uh uh, Rover SUV. Just as long as she's not going behind one of your lemons cars. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like well, we did do a team one time at Chuck Walla. I had John Howard actually there. We arrived, you know, typical whatever my fashion. We arrived too late for tech, but I actually had John Howard there, and that's why we had the kind of a boat upside down on the moat at that race, and uh, uh, we had a bicycle attached to the rear bumper, kind of mimicking. And he he drove his first lemons race with me, John Howard. You know, he's been in 152, 156 miles an hour on a bicycle, and he's he's stuck in a moat doing like 68. Much, years. much less than that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, Denise Mueller, she she uh, she's the one actually. She's guilty of of, of feeding me the, the the Prii, the Priuses that I've used from her security company. Um, I have uh, Rob Bear who's coming on board recently, and he's the very first race. Hey, Rod's like, hey, I want to, I want to try this lemon thing. I'm like, okay, great, we're going to race this Dasha. He goes, What's the Dasha? Goes, well, it's actually the Renault R10. And uh, so he came down, and, and poor guy in 100 degree weather came and gutted the whole car and vacuumed out all the, you know, rodent stuff and everything else. And then probably uh, Rich Chesavich or Chesaru, he races. He's he he runs both sides of the spectrum. He does. Uh, he has fast cars. He's got friends, famous friends, with, and and uh, uh, you know, the whole Orange County scene. And then, then uh, I can convince him once in a while to come slum it with me and, and do some of the crappy stuff. So Rich has been, you know, an, an immeasurable friend. Um, driving back and forth from Orange County down to San Diego to help me just, you know, on a whim. Or he, for this last race, he handed me a set of, uh, I asked, I said, oh, I hear you have some 4x98 wheels for the Hugo. Here, do you mind if I, uh, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow them? So he passed them off to somebody else to bring to me. 
and you know I had these show quality Maserati bi turbo wheels. You know, probably never had tires mounted to them. He was like, "Yeah, here, hand them over to me." To say, "Go ahead, trash them up at, at, at Lemons." I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. But but so, uh, so that's why we had those howling uh, Douglas Extra Track 13s. Nice. So, and, and the reason I asked that is, and, and maybe um, for ICE or maybe Jay, you can answer us. Um, who is the main like fabricator? Because, in, or is it totally shared? It's it's somewhat shared. I mean, I I would fabricate, except everything I fabricate comes out horrendous. <laughs> so I leave that <laughs> primarily to Dave and Dan, and they basically fight amongst themselves. Because Dan wants to do it one way, and Dave wants to do it a different way, and basically they just quarrel like. Um, the odd couple, like the odd couple, yeah. um, and sometimes you know there has to be a mediator, and 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 then they end up making something because I I for whatever reason like I measure seventeen times and I cut once and it's wrong, so I don't do that anymore. Mm. Yeah, and, and one of those guys. I'm good at like popsicle sticks and marshmallows. Like if we can make everything <laughs> out of that, I'd be fine. Because I, I've I found again this is my own personal experience is that it seems to me most Lemons teams have a single fabricator. And, and there might be other people who race every race with them, but there's a guy who is like the guy who who builds the car and it lives in his garage or his shop or whatever. And um, everybody else helps out. There's a single guy. But with Isor, I I hadn't seen that like sort of single guy. It looked like all you guys were all engineers and all had the could could do the stuff. Um, we do all the wrenching poorly. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's fine. Doing the wrenching poorly is 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 you know it's you know it's it's part it's part of the game but like you know on, on our first car it, this guy Nathan he he built you know obviously ninety percent of the car I mean he, he just he built it he was the guy he just he wanted to do it he was good at it he had the time he had the expertise mm-hmm. he built the roll cage he built everything um, and obviously Spank you're you're one of those guys who just you you're gonna build most of it and if someone else builds it it's under your direction you're the visionary you 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 own that it's a product of Spank's brain right right and so there are other um, I, I've yet to see ISOR is one of the few teams that seems to have more division labor. And it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, it's very democratic on ISOR. That's, that's that, you all but, have a formula, though? I mean, it seems like you, like your drivers, being being so a group of brilliant minds, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. You know. Well, let's not get too far, okay? Yeah, I know these guys personally. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> let's not get crazy, bro. Hey, which team are you well, talking but, about? <laughs> by comparison, not Pratt okay? Miller I mean, here. You know, this isn't Cerveza racing we're talking about here. I mean, come on. No, but, but you know, everybody has a driver who is easy on fuel, so we'll put that person in at this time. And this person is our, our fast driver, but they consume fuel. We'll save them for this time. You know, do you have that kind of, or, or am I just making it all up in my head? I, I think that the, the differences among all of the drivers are probably less of a factor than everything else because you know as much as anybody that it's not just about how fast your drivers are or how fast your car is it's everything right you got to have the whole the whole enchilada in order to be a competitive lemons team and that's kind of what cerveza's really unlocked is that cheat it's code not an enchilada, it's a fiesta you need to have the enchiladas and the tacos and the and the the mascarpone yeah. and all, the whole the whole nine yards right <laughs> the whole quinceanera yeah, yeah. yeah it's like a yeah yeah we Anyway, uh, hey, Mike, uh, thank you so I much thanks, for coming. I don't want to take up any more time. Thank you for letting me call in. Sorry I consumed so much of your, your air time. Thanks for <laughs> no uh, and We'll see you at the next track. <laughs> yeah, and hey, if, Mike, if you ever want to come on the, the show, just uh, send us send us an email. Just go to dailytourism.com and just hit us up with an email. Thank you for the offer. We got you. All right, thanks. All right, cheers, guys. Excellent. Thanks, everyone. That was uh, Mike, uh, a.k.a. Spank.
from the 24 legend the 24 hour lemons legend definitely crazy cars mini moke and things like that right it's just yeah, yeah. he has yeah. had the worst best cars <laughs> right, in yeah. lemons yeah. i mean yeah. across the board right they're like, they're spectacularly he's like the west coast version of speedy car probably right? like 20 ioe wins right i mean it's he's ridiculous he just every time he goes yeah, the, the amazing cars, horrible cars. Yeah, it's like it leaves a trail of parts, like from wherever he parks them to where to each lemons race and back again. It's really impressive. I mean, uh, he drove a Citroen DS to Miami. Let's just say that, and then raced it, and then raced it. Wow, the, the man's a hero. Okay, um, I think that's all we've got. Ben, uh, do we have a final lap? No, but I do. Audio have, well, I do have no? one last story okay. I did want to get to. Oh, um, sorry. And it was the uh, the Revenge of the Germans. Actually, um, did you did you see this about Opal and um, and the fact that that the what is it that now they're the German media is claiming that the Opal and GM have falsified their emissions records and are oh, putting too much smog into the German air. Have you seen that? This actually just came out the other day. I got this off Automotive News. Um, so yeah, Spiegel is claiming that the Opal is polluting. Well, the thing is, is that every emissions test, y- y- they know ahead of time what the what the the set of parameters, how the cars can be driven, and so when you're not drawing those parameters as a calibration engineer, so I've done engine calibration for emissions tests w- before I worked at Garrett, and it was, yeah, you did what was needed to make the car fuel efficient and reliable outside the emissions parameter requirements. So, so this is basically just straight up revenge for Dieselgate. Yeah, I mean, this is just trying to uh, someone. People are now on a witch hunt, right? And they're trying to find their oh, these guys are cheating, these guys are cheating, these guys are cheating, and whatnot. Um, in reality, it's just that it's the inherent defects with the tests, right? Because the tests, it's a, it it is a test, right? And so you can say that um, uh, yes, these you know these kids coming out of high school are dumber than they were ten years ago, you know, even though they have this better test scores because they're not practicing for the test, right? But but that's that's man, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna practice for the test. We've been trained to do that. That's what we do in college. The problem comes in with cycle beating when you're actively subverting the test, and that's what Volkswagen did. And it's no, there's no evidence that anyone else has yet. Now, that's not to say that no one else has done it, but Volkswagen got caught. Was it Mitsubishi in Japan just had their overinflated tires for tests? Right. Was Mitsubishi? Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi, I think. Um, But that was for MPG. Correct. That wasn't for emissions. Well, okay, you know, potato, potato, right? It's it's just it's an (laughs) it's a it's an issue of you've got a particular the. The, the governments, whatever the, the governing bodies are saying, hey, we want to, to put requirements that, you know, certain things are done in certain ways so that yeah. um, consumers and then, you know, um, the environment can be better or whatever. Um, and the OEMs are going to stretch the limit of those tests in order to maximize their profit. That, that's, that's their job is to maximize their profit. And their profit comes with better fuel economy, better reliability. And, you know, they're going to pitch emissions out the window unless they're told, hey, no, this is your emissions window. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not. I'm not justifying them if they are, you know, trying to trying to kill us all with horrible polarized cap melting fumes. But and but so far, it's not clear whether or not they've actually done cycle beating, which is, which is, that's the problem. It's cycle beating, not just that. Hey, this thing makes more emissions on the road than it does on the emission cycle. Well, that's every car on earth does that because right. the emission cycle does not it's adequately like represent the real yeah. world. That's right. that's the problem. The problem is the test. So. But as, as long as you're not defeating that, right? Well, now I think it's a case of polit- uh, politicians trying to make names for themselves, lawyers trying to try make money, hay. Yeah. right? And and that's unfortunate. But the OEMs are gonna they're gonna feel the sting, and they're gonna be a little more cautious in the future about these kind of things, and that's probably good. 
All right, so uh, that's about all the time we have for the show today, guys. Um, thanks for uh, everyone for listening. Um, next week, we've got uh, Patrick George, the editor-in-chief of Jalopnik.com, coming to join us. Um, we've had a great show. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Our callers, including Mr. Mike Spank, for calling in. Um, thanks to Jason for being a great guest today. Uh, thanks, Dan, for being an awesome uh, co-host. What up? What up? And uh, finally, I'd like to thank uh, producer Ben for moving some knobs up and down. You're quite welcome, Vince. Keep on renting. You've been listening to Daily Turismo Radio. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio. 